0: Oh. you. Welcome into to another great edition of Board Check. That makes me Jeremy the Impact York. That makes you my amazing listening audience. Yes, it is Monday. Even fans of, of uh, all our other shows, Impact Media, trust me when I tell you all three shows will be back this week. More than likely Strong Style tomorrow night. But here's what happened. Lots of stuff happened last week. Um, And there wasn't a whole lot going on, so we didn't do uh, the sports show. Wasn't a whole lot with that. And, well, basically I had uh, a lot of family stuff and a lot of life stuff. So, board check, instead of being yesterday, is... Now tonight, so you know, you adapt, you overcome, you achieve, you you do what you need to do, and so now here's board check. We have a lot to talk about. We there there, uh, there are some some uh, big stories. There are some people doing some really cool things, and there are just some bizarreness. I guess it's the word, bizarreness. I'm not sure that is a word, but we're going to use it. And uh, when we get into that story, it's it's just going to make sense. But we'll start with a few of the smaller stories, and uh, we'll work up into the uh, crazy one there. Uh, Patrick Kane, congratulations to him, the Chicago Blackhawks. He becomes the 100th player ever to score 400 goals. You could probably name at least half of the other ones, probably more if you really tried, but uh, like him or not, Patrick Kane has not only been a big pivotal part of the Blackhawks and the things that they have done, you know, him and Jonathan Taves in the last decade, He scored four hundred goals. You gotta think, you would have to average forty goals a year for ten years to do that. Uh, It's it'd be really hard. It's really hard to do. But he becomes a hundred player, and he will continue to move up the list. I do not know. I do not have the list in front of me. Uh, We all know Ovechkin is moving uh, further and further up the list uh, as he kind of chases Gretzky. But congratulations to Patrick Kane of the Chicago Blackhawks, the the suddenly surging Blackhawks. Let's just go straight into that. Uh, Nobody saw this coming. Well, maybe Blackhawks fans, but a total different thing there. Because uh, I'm not going to go over the standings yet, but the Blackhawks are steadily in fourth place, and they're only two points out of first in the Central. That is just incredible. It's good to see the Blackhawks. I, I thought this year would be a throwaway year. I thought maybe Kane or Taves could could potentially be moved. And those were really big stretches. Uh, I thought some other people could be moved over the you know as they have over the years. I thought maybe it was a year to try to regroup and build up for another year. And the Blackhawks pretty much just slapped us all and said we're in this to win it. And right now they'd be in the playoffs. They would be. I mean, they'd be the fourth seed in their division because I don't know who is going to ma- Which divisions are going to match up? I, don't, I basically I don't know who is going to pair up with who is going to pair up with Team Canada, as I call it, with the Canadian division. But. I mean, congratulations to Canes. I said, the Blackhawks, seriously, they are 12-7-4. It's it's incredible. And they have played a couple more games than a lot of teams uh, because I don't think the virus has, has affected them at all, if I remember correctly. But watch out for the Blackhawks because... This team's good enough to beat some people. They could really wreck some people and uh you know, some people clear the deck in front of you of the uh the teams that statistically could line up and beat you pretty well. Blackhawks could uh be right back on top. That's uh that's pretty crazy. Uh I was gonna talk about the surging Rangers as well. Uh but I I watched them play who do they play? they play? They play the Bruins, the smug and hot Bruins. But uh, the Rangers are actually doing uh, pretty decent. They are eight points out of fourth in theirs. They're only five points behind. Let's see. Am I doing the math right? Yeah. They're five points behind Pittsburgh for fifth. Uh, but the, they – The Rangers, as good as they were doing, here's the crazy thing with them. Uh, Artemi Panarin, their best player, stepped away from the team. I will get into that in a second. He steps away from the team. Their best player leaves the team, and the team starts playing better. Now, no, they're not better off without him. But what this does when your best player is not with the team or not on the team or injured or for whatever reason, it sometimes forces other players to step up to try to fill the roles and the voids left by that player not being there. That's what's happening with the Rangers. You're getting people everywhere step up, which is great, because when Panarin returns to the team, he returns to a better team where maybe he doesn't have to do as much, or when he does, it's super special. But uh, hopefully the Rangers can can um, can keep some momentum and, and keep building up and just do the best they can with him out. It's uh, it's uh, a crazy situation. And I will circle back to Boston. They are a big story I'm going to talk about in a minute because I didn't talk about the second Lake Tahoe game from last weekend. Remember, we did the show the morning of the second game, so uh, I will talk about it in a second. Let's talk about Panarin. Uh, Apparently, this is what's happening for the Rangers' star. There was a former coach of his from the KHL, and this coach apparently has a reputation known to completely make stuff up and to uh, he just doesn't have a good reputation, and people don't like this guy. He's, he's a snake, basically. But his old KHL coach came out the other day and said, yeah, uh, back in the day, this is, what, eight, ten years ago or better, uh, Artemi Panarin knocked a, an 18-year-old girl down or out. I don't know if there was some kind of physical altercation a bar, back when he was in the KHL, and, um, yeah, he he said it was from a while back. So, some people think that because Panarin speaks out against uh, Vladimir Putin's party over in Russia, he is is from Russia, that uh, maybe this is politically motivated, that they're just trying to, mess with him because he spoke out um maybe it's that this could be a whole international incident i mean it, who knows but he he did the right thing because he stepped away he stepped away from he stepped away from the team to better protect his family, he feels that uh, because his family is still in Russia and that he is here, that there is a chance that uh, they could be in some danger. It's it's it really is like an international incident now. It's a whole full blown, uh, just craziness. So, like I said, he stepped away. Last I heard, he was still in New York. I don't know if he's going to plan to go back to. Russia at some point, my guess would be yes. People have asked me. I, I've, I've even heard people asking the blue shirts breakaway guys Ryan and and um, and Greg, and they pretty much say the same thing. Um, it could be anywhere between a week to we may see him next season, somewhere in between. My guess. And it's an absolute guess just because, I mean, I I don't know all that much more than you guys do about this, except for what I've heard and what I've been able to dig into. I'd say it's at least a couple weeks, if not a month. And at that point, if he feels that his family is, is safe, then he could return. I mean, I could also see him trying to, move them all to the U S or to be with him, or he could move over there with them. So it's just a, this is a bizarre situation. It's, there's just no, I don't see an end in sight at the moment. It's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And uh, this, this becomes this or not becomes it already is. This is a human issue. It has nothing to do with sports or anything anymore, Uh, you just you hope, wish, and pray that Artemi Panarin can get everything straightened out and get his family into a situation that is uh, safer than maybe the one they are in to to make himself and them more comfortable, and then we can worry about when he might come back. But, uh, you know, like I said, hopes, wishes, and prayers to Panarin and, and his family that this all gets worked out. Uh, for the best. Now let's circle back to Boston. Uh, Boston not only won seven to three over Philadelphia, and it was convincing. It was. It could have been a hundred to three the way it was playing. Uh, let's see. Was it Philly they faced? Yeah, it was. It was Philly at the 2nd Lake Tahoe game, and they use that momentum from the Lake Tahoe game to continue to just thrash people all week long, including the Rangers just the other night. Uh, it Boston, uh, right now I call them the Boston Terriers because they are terrorizing everybody they face. Uh, they can push and shove you around. And then they can outscore you. They they're doing everything, and they're doing it on such a high level right now. I mean, you had Pasternak who had the hat trick the other night at the Lake Tahoe game. It's and he had a natural hat trick. It was it had it was long before uh, the empty net. Uh, he's just one of the best. He's in the best of the game right now. One of the best, and Boston is probably the number one or number two team in the league, forget records, because they're going to make it, and they're going to probably win their division, and they are just going to keep terrorizing people. And uh, they're a really fun watch unless they're thrashing your team. So if you get a chance to watch the Boston Bruins play right now, you need to do that. Because even based on the other night, Tuka Rask looked fantastic. As I go into this other story here, Tukerask got win number 299. I know what you're gonna say. 299. Where does that put him? Well, give me one second, pull it up. Tukerask got 299 total wins is 37th overall. He is one away from Tomas Bokoon and he is two away from Mike Richter. There you got Ranger fans, he's still terrorizing you. Uh, Just to go on up through here, you got uh, Olaf Kolzig with 3.03, 3.04 for Turk Broda, Billy Smith has 3.05, Kerry Lettinen has 3.10, Mika Kiprasov has 3.19, those are other uh, uh, finish, I believe, those are other finish, uh, Kiprasov and Lettinen are, and uh Sean Burke actually has three twenty four. Based off the amount of games left and things like that, I think he can put himself in the top thirty or right at the top thirty. That that would mean he'd need to be if he beats Kerry Lettnin at three ten, he would be thirty first. Uh Tuka rask, man, he's he has been a machine. Congratulations to him on win number two ninety nine and he is I said he could get near the top thirty and then next year he would be he could get he could probably get in the top twenty five because there are some people in front of him who are still active like Jonathan Quick has three thirty. Uh carry price at three fifty three, three sixty four for Pecarina, another Finnish born player. Uh, Ryan Silver medal, Miller at 388. Mark Andre Fleury. Let's let's talk about that real quick. He has 475 wins. He's uh, still in his prime. Still got a good handful of years left. He needs if he gets ten more victories, he will take over fourth all time from Ed Belfour If he gets fifteen more he would take over third from Roberto Luongo. And then we start getting into the weird debate because at 490, he would be 61 away from Patrick Waugh at number two. And if he reached that, he would need another 141 to beat Martin Brodeur, who has 691. So realistically, Marc Andre Fleury, I believe, would play a good handful more years if you got let's say thirty victories a year. Is that let's say let's say twenty five to make it easy. Twenty five. So another hundred would put him at five seventy five. He would be twenty four clear of Patrick Y number two. And that's at twenty five a year. So, you know, if you play and for four years. Let's see how long he plays, but Marc-Andre Fleury, he got a lot of wins for Pittsburgh in in a short amount of time. Uh, Man, there are just some ridiculously good names on this goalie list. But uh, Tuca gets 299, and now we need to watch how far he moves up and how far Marc-Andre Fleury moves up. Because it is, uh, man, that's some, some big company there. Uh Austin Matthews. I know I talk about him every week. Well, I got to talk about him again. Uh he actually missed some time with a wrist and hand injury that is finally bothering him enough that like I said he missed a few games. Now, here's an interesting thing. Apparently, according to his coach, he's had this injury all year long, but it finally bugged him enough now. So he's been had an injured wrist all year. And yet, he's leading the league in a lot of offensive categories. It's just how good he is. But uh, I believe he's going to start playing in the next day or so. He just needed to take some time to rest it and and heal it up, I think, get some treatment on it, I think. But Austin Matthews will be back. His team is still smoking everybody else. And uh, it's always good to have the great players of the game back playing and active. Uh, there was there was a bizarre story, another bizarre story. The Vegas Golden Knights, on Wednesday, signed a deal with com that was going to be the exclusive. Uh, they do sports picks, and, and I think you can bet on the site and things like that. And then by Saturday, they ended the deal. Why did they end the deal? I don't know. A lot of people think, the speculation at least, is that people were wondering if UpicksTrade.com was going to offer odds and betting opportunities on Golden Knights games. And if they did, if since they were partners, they were going to end up having inside information like rosters before anybody else or you know, certain things like that. And the Golden Knights didn't really have a statement on it. And you pick you pick didn't really have a statement on it, so I think since maybe they couldn't t- come to agreement on that on that particular thing, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights got out before they got too far in. It's just crazy that you make a deal on Wednesday and then you pull out of it on Saturday, but hey, that's business. Uh, There is a thought out there that teams are using all three of their goalies, including the one from the taxi squad, uh, to keep the starters fresh, which is a very good strategy. Because normally your starter would play, you know, two-thirds of the time. Your backup would play about a third of the time. It's usually how it works. And then sometimes you get injuries and you get other things like that that can mess with those. Or sometimes your starter can just get wore out and you have to play your backup a little more. Some teams even this year have been have been rotating two goalies back and forth at almost a 50-50 pace or a 60-40 at least. And uh, it's it seems to be uh, working. But like I said, a lot of these teams are they're being able to arrest their starters because they can make them inactive. They can call the guy from the taxi squad and he can at least sit on the bench as a backup, if not start here and there. And that way you're – your starting goalie doesn't even have to put on the pads. He can, uh, you know, sit back and and relax for a day or get treatment or, or stretch out or whatever he needs to do. I think it's a good strategy. And, you know, use the rules to your advantage. It's not cheating. You're not taking advantage of anything in particular like that. So we'll see how good that lasts using three goalies like that uh Matt Dumba now that he is healthy and and back skating well he has uh really stepped up for the wild he has them back and uh a better situation moving forward trying to uh get one of those playoff spots and he's one of the you don't hear a lot about Dumba you 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 don't I mean You hear some here or there, but he's one of those guys that just kind of quietly keeps doing really great things. And unless you're in Minnesota, you don't hear a lot about him. But I want to give a shout-out to Matt Dumba for uh, all the great things he's doing on and off the ice. But helping the Wild get back in it. Uh, Black History Month, of course, was in February. The NHL did so many great stories. Uh, The one I wanted to highlight here that was a story on NHL.com about Rod Braceful. He is the USA Hockey Assistant Director. Uh, They talk about his time in the DHA in Detroit when he was a kid. They talk about uh, when he played at New England College and then how he got into coaching at that point. I believe an injury. Kind of sidelined him, and he decided to get more into coaching. And then that ultimately led to him eventually being the assistant director of USA Hockey, where he can help nurture and, and grow not only the game, but these young stars and uh, put them in places to succeed. It's a really great article if you get a chance. I just kind of highlighted a couple things there. But uh, they talk about all the great things that Rod has done, and he did a fantastic job with those. Uh, For those wondering, or even if you're not, March is, I believe, Gender Inclusion Awareness Month, so you're going to hear a lot of stories. The way they highlighted uh, uh, black and African-American players, coaches, and and just influences in the game of hockey, this month you're going to hear a lot more about the women who have helped shape the game. There are some Really cool ones started. I saw part of the list, and uh, there are some really great ones coming up. I think you guys are going to like that. And then, lastly, there is a bill introduced, or that was reintroduced, to honor Willie O'Ree and his accomplishments. Of course, he was the first uh, African American player in the NHL. We've talked a lot about him. They they did a lot of really cool things to honor him in the last month and and over the years, and um, this would basically get it to where Willie would get the Congressional Medal of Honor. Now, I said they had to reintroduce this, and here's why. It's not because the other one was struck down. Uh, Two senators had pushed for this to happen, and they presented their case, but before they got a chance to vote on it, on the bill, or anything like that, well... Some people were voted out, and some more people were voted in. So now that we have a new uh, Congress, because this is a Congressional Medal of Honor, now that there's a new Congress, they had to reintroduce the bill and represent it so that now it can be voted on by the new members of Congress and move forward from there. So uh, hopefully they're able to honor Willie, whether it's with the Medal of Honor or just the recognition and all the things there. But... uh, That's really cool that that Congress is is fighting to honor uh, such a great ambassador for the game of hockey. Let's get into the standings real quick, and then we will be on our merry way for the night. Let's start in the West. In the West, you get the Vegas Golden Knights with a one-point lead over the Minnesota Wild, the Surging Wild as it just said. Uh twenty five for Vegas, twenty four for Minnesota. St. Louis also has twenty four. Minnesota, man, they're telling you. Whether it's Dumba, doesn't matter up there. It's uh they're they're doing a lot to keep up with Vegas, St. Louis and Colorado. Colorado with twenty three points currently holds the last spot there. Uh this is this is a, a just they are all tightly packed. Because one point behind Colorado In fifth place is the L.A. Kings with 22 points. The Arizona Coyotes with 21, so they're in striking distance. Anaheim at 17 and San Jose at 16, they're really not that far out either. That division, the West, is tightly packed. Let's move to the East. You've got the Washington Capitals holding on to a two-point lead. They have 28 points. Over Boston, who has 26, yep, as good as Boston has been lately, Washington is still a little better. The New York Islanders also have 26, and the Philadelphia Flyers have 25. Pittsburgh with 23 would be the last team out in that division. Rangers with 17, Devils at 16, and Buffalo at 15. I would say when Jack Eichel comes back for Buffalo, When he is officially healthy, I think he's going to have a new team. A lot of people think it's the Rangers. Anybody should try to make a move because Jack Eichel is is just that good. Let's move to the Central where the surprising Florida Panthers have 30 points. They are the second-best team in the league. 30 points. Tampa Bay and Carolina both have 29 points, just a point back. And the Chicago Blackhawks have 28. Now, this is where a division where there's a little separation because going from 4th to 5th, 28 points from Chicago. Columbus has 21. That's a whole 7. That's a lot. Nashville has 20. I look for some kind of reboot out of them very, very soon. Detroit has 17. I think they're in the process of one. And the Dallas Stars at 16. But Keep in mind, the Dallas Stars have only played 16 games. Where almost everybody else has played uh, twenty, and you know the Devils have that that issue as well. A couple other teams they only played seventeen or eighteen games, uh, so if they if they catch up, they, there's a chance they can surge ahead. But uh, Dallas, they're uh, they're six and six. That's uh, not good for the runner up from last year. And finally, we go to. Team Canada or the Canadian Division, a.k.a. the Scotia North. The Toronto Maple Leafs have 34 points. Edmonton, the number two team, has 28, and it's a six-point lead. 27 for Winnipeg, 23 for Montreal, who is the last team in. The first team out would be Calgary with 22 points. Vancouver with 18, and Ottawa with 17. Yeah. Ottawa has half as many points as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is that not just insane? It is. That's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this show possible. We couldn't do it without you guys. And I am Impact York. Remember to watch hockey, folks. We'll see you next week. Deuces Gooses.